Uh, Tilly's going to come and bring our reading for us. We're going to read from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son who I love, with you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. Thank you, Great, if you've opened your Bible there, um, then do, do leave it there. It's, if you're not there yet and you'd like to have it open, I will have the words up on the screen. It's page 1002. We're going to have a think about this passage today, the baptism of Jesus. Um, I love a baptism service. It's so, so encouraging, isn't it, to hear someone's story and be able to gather as a church family, to be able to celebrate that together. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you've considered baptism or maybe you're thinking, should I be considering it? Now, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, on the 22nd, is that a Sunday? Someone tell me that's a Sunday. That's a Sunday. Um, in the evening service, we're going to run an exploring baptism session. If you want to come and just think about it a bit more as part of the service, um, whatever age, uh, you're really welcome to come and be part of that. But the baptism of Jesus, when we discover who Jesus is, it changes everything. Here's three stories of people who didn't quite know who they were with until the end of their story. I stopped at a gas station and was gassing up my bike. Another rider came in on the goofiest looking bike. We started chatting and he asked if I want to go riding with him up in the canyons. We go riding, stop a few times and check out the view. The whole time I still hadn't seen his face. Neither of us had taken off our helmets. We were talking about getting lunch and he wanted to stop somewhere nice. So we stop at Nobu Sushi, but it's not open. Right as I said. Well, where else do you want to go? He says. They'll open it, trust me. He walks up to the door, takes off his helmet and knocks. They couldn't open the doors fast enough. We had three waiters, three sushi chefs, sat at the counter and they handmade exactly what we wanted. The rider in question? Brad Pitt. There were some people filming a movie in my neighborhood. My mum is out for her daily 5 a.m. walk and she gets to the end of the street, which is all barricaded off. She, being my mum, ignores that, keeps walking and gets to the area where they're filming. She stops someone and asks him what's going on. He replies that they're filming a movie. And my mum says, ooh, I bet you're someone famous. He laughs, says that he loves meeting people like her. She asks his name so she can tell her kids. He says... Will Ferrell. (laughs) My dad was in a hotel bar once whilst on a business trip and some dude came and sat next to him. My dad, being the personable guy he is, struck up a conversation with this dude and they got onto the topic of what they do. The dude said something along the lines of, I'm in the music business. I'm a well-known rapper called Eminem. (laughs) My dad, not being a rap fan, was just like, yeah, that's cool. Well, for some of us, at least, when we discover who we're with, it changes how we behave, how we act. We can go a bit of a step further, actually. When we discover who Jesus is and put our trust in him, it actually changes who we are and our lives entirely. 
baptism publicly celebrates someone's story, and it's great to do that. And I want to draw four things to our attention that we discover in the story of Jesus's baptism. We discover who Jesus is, we discover the love of God, we discover the help of the Holy Spirit, and we discover that Jesus identifies with us. And so we discover who Jesus is. Jesus, the one who saves, that name that was given to Joseph that was going to declare the one who saves. Jesus, who came from Nazareth, a small town which for many years until Roman rule remained outside the mainstream of Israelite life and for this reason was despised by many Jews. Nathaniel, one of the disciples, questioned, could anything good come out of Nazareth? And it doesn't even get a mention in the Old Testament. Jesus grew up there until he begins to travel during his ministry and after he was rejected from this, his hometown. As with his place of birth, Bethlehem, his hometown points to the idea of Jesus relating to and associating with those on the margins and with humble beginnings. Jesus, the one who saves from Nazareth. Jesus baptized by John, by John the Baptist, the one who came to prepare the way for Jesus, who passed on the baton if you like. He'd done his job, he prepared the way, he called people to turn from their own way of living, to turn from their sins and come back to God. And John passes the baton on Jesus who was baptised by John. And Jesus who at his baptism was proclaimed my son. You are my son. At his baptism the revelation was made to Jesus that he was God's son. Not that he was adopted in this moment, but that he was God's son. This doesn't mean Jesus didn't know this before, we could be guessing there, but that this made clear in this moment and the security for Jesus of who he was, God's son. We see he already had a sense of this as he talks about being in his father's house as a 12-year-old, but here, loud and clear and written in all four of the Gospels, we see this proclamation of who Jesus is, God's son. God's son that's talked about in Psalm 2, verse 7, and the servant figure of whom Isaiah talks about when he says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one whom I delight in. I will put my spirit on him. And that's exactly what we see happening at the baptism of Jesus here. You can read a little bit around this passage. If you've got it open, you'll see in verse one, Jesus is called the Messiah, who at his baptism was anointed. That's something important for the Old Testament expectations of a king here. Jesus, the Messiah, the promised one, the rescuer who God's people were hoping for. We can discover who Jesus is in this passage Brilliant to discover who Jesus is from a personal story tonight. I've got some lovely little books here that the O'Keefe's have lent me. Um, here is a book that was given to Ella and Jesse by Mummy and Daddy at their dedication in 2005. It was great to hear Ella appreciating the upbringing that she's had and the family she's been surrounded by and the church family she's been surrounded by that have helped lead her to put her own faith in Jesus. She might have even looked at the story of the baptism of Jesus in this little storybook Bible. 
And uh, there's all sorts of interesting things in here. Um, I found a nice little prayer for a pet in one of their little books. So if you're looking for some other helpful discipleship tools, there's some really helpful prayers in here as well. But from a young age, Ella's discovered who Jesus is and has got to the point of wanting to trust in him herself. Uh, Other significant events like Big Church Day Out or different youth gatherings have been helpful for her. I wonder about you. I wonder if you can look back and think of different things that have helped you to discover who Jesus is for yourself. I wonder if you're here sitting thinking, who is this Jesus man that we're reading about? Jesus who came from Nazareth and was baptized by John and was called God's son and was the Messiah. Well, I want to encourage you, provoke you even, to investigate it a bit more for yourself. The Jesus who saves, the Jesus who holds us securely, the Jesus who we can trust with our whole life. The first thing then was discovering who Jesus is. The second thing, discovering God's love. As Jesus is baptized, the announcement is made, this is my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. God the Father loved Jesus the Son. This announcement was made to Jesus, although others clearly heard as well. Jesus had done nothing to earn or merit this love at this point. His ministry had not begun. He was simply willing to set out on this path. He hadn't raised anyone from the dead. He hadn't multiplied lots of bread and fish. He hadn't taught people. He hadn't started his ministry, and yet in this moment, God declares his love. God the Father declares his love over Jesus the Son. God's love is not given according to merit or achievement, but because God is love. And in Jesus' baptism, we see God's love for his son. So too, in Christ, as we celebrated today, we can know God's love. Love that comes with no need for merit, achievement, or qualification. Love that can be accepted and enjoyed and responded to simply by setting out on the path of choosing to live God's way. As our opening verse said, 1 John 3, 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. How do I know God loves me? One of the titles of this, one of these books that I saw, The God Loves Me Bible. The God Loves Me Bible, what a great title for a book. We can know God loves me because that's what the book that Christians have trusted for two millennium says. But that's also been the story of many people in this room and millions of people all over the world. We see in the baptism of Jesus, God the Father declaring his love over Jesus the Son. And because of Jesus and in Jesus, we can know God's love too. In baptism, we recognize our need for forgiveness and a savior. We also recognize and celebrate that the love the Father proclaimed over Jesus, he proclaims over each of us. The third thing we discover is the Holy Spirit and the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to Jesus as the heavens opened, a picture from the Old Testament of God coming down himself of divine revelation, anointing him because he was fully God, but he was also fully man, and he was modeling for us how to live, anointing him because he was the promised king of the Old Testament, the promised son who was sent. 
a dove is seen landing on him, a sign of the Holy Spirit. Well, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more so for us? We too need the Holy Spirit. A parent recently asked me how old their son needed to be to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Was 12 old enough? Was 13 old enough? If you breathe and believe in Jesus, then we can know the Holy Spirit, the help of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Baptism was just the start of a journey for a Christian of wanting to say they want to live for Jesus. In Matthew 28, in the greatest commandment, we hear the words of Jesus when he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you until the end of the age. He says, teach them to do everything I've commanded them. And so we've done the baptism bit, but for each of us who've been baptized, for each of us that have made a decision to follow Jesus, there's the ongoing bit of learning to live the Jesus way, to obey everything he's commanded us to. But we don't do that on our own. We do that with the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus' baptism, he went into the desert to be tempted. He needed the Holy Spirit's help to model for us how to live God's way. How much more do we need the Holy Spirit? Maybe this is a reminder for us. Maybe you were baptized many years ago. Maybe you need the reminder tonight to lean on the Holy Spirit again, to ask God to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit, to live for him. We discover that we too need the help of the Holy Spirit. And fourthly, we discover that Jesus identifies with us in being baptized. The baptism of Jesus, for many as we read it, can be quite a shock. If baptism is for people like Ella and people like me, people who've not always lived God's way and need to turn back to God to repent, then why did Jesus do this? Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus includes John the Baptist's initial protest at why this shouldn't be happening before agreeing to do all that God requires. Well, why did Jesus get baptized then? To set an example for his followers? Yeah, I think we could say that to show he was kind of tagging in for John, the baton was being passed on. Yeah, I think we could say that. To make clear who he was in this statement, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, I think we could say that. But also to identify with us in our sin and in our weakness, to identify with broken humanity. We're in Lent. Some of you might have taken something up, Uh, Others of you might have given something up. I can't quite see you now, and I'm not going to name you, but I had a conversation a few years ago with a young person about Lent, and uh, just describing the fact that Lent, we talk about 40 days, but actually takes place over 46 days, because lots of people kind of say you don't need to do the Sundays, you can have six days off. And so uh, this particular individual was giving up chocolate for Lent, and having discovered that she could uh, not, not do six days, she took the first six days off, and then she quit. Um, That's how far she got. But you could say that Jesus takes up something at baptism. He takes on our identities, the things we struggle with. Sorry, he identifies with the things we struggle with, with our sin, with our pain. As he stands in the River Jordan, three years before he stands before Pilate to be sentenced, to be crucified for sins that he didn't commit, He identifies with our sin. As he stands in the river, 
already at the start of his ministry, he's saying, I identify with you in your weakness, in your sin. He didn't need to be crucified and he didn't need to be baptized, but he did it to identify with us in our weakness, in our sin, in our struggles. And so as he's in the River Jordan, our selfishness, he takes on himself. Our greed, he identifies with, he takes on ourself, our rebellion, he identifies with that. Our cheating, he takes on. Our lying, our unfaithfulness, stealing, jealousy, idolatry. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus identifies with us in our weakness and in our sin. We could say Jesus takes something on. We could also say he's given something up in that having been seated at the right hand of God, he comes and takes on human flesh and he identifies in the pain and the struggles and the sin that we go through. He's given up his throne to come and take on human flesh. Isn't it great that at baptism we celebrate that he is enthroned again, that he is the king again, that he's risen again, that he identified with us, that he took our pain and our struggles and our sin, he took it to the cross, but he rose again and he is the king who is risen. And so as we looked at the story of Jesus' baptism, we've been reminded that in the baptism of Jesus, we discover who he is, that he is God's son, that he's the Messiah, the promised one we've been waiting for, that he was from a place that many people despised because he came to connect with those on the edges. He's the savior, he's the promised one. We've been reminded that through the life of Jesus, we can know God's love and we can know that personally. Great to celebrate that as part of Ella's journey today. We've been reminded that Jesus had the Holy Spirit who came and filled him and equipped him. And we too need that. Maybe that's our takeaway, our reminder today. And we've been reminded that Jesus identifies with us in our sin, in our weakness. That's the good news. That's the beginning of Mark's gospel And we see those patterns, those themes come out time and time again in the life of our great saviour, Jesus. I'm going to invite the band to come and join me. We're going to sing a couple of songs um, to finish. Uh, And while they do that, I'm going to pray. So do you want to close your eyes with me? Let's take a moment to pray. Jesus, we're so grateful for who you are, that you are the one who saves that you're the one that gave up what you had of heaven to come and take on human flesh, to identify with us. That you're the one that came and picked up the baton from John the Baptist, that you're the promised rescuer your people were longing for, and in our hearts, all of us are longing for as well. We thank you that through your life and your death and your resurrection, we can know your love. We can know the love of Father God through Jesus. Thank you that we can know the help of the Holy Spirit to live for you. And thank you that even in what we're struggling with today and this past week and even this week to come, we know that you identify with us in our struggle, in our sin, in our weakness. In a moment of quiet, we just turn to you and say, we need you. Just invite you to make that prayer your own in this moment.